Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. All right. The speaker tonight is the esteemed Reverend Dr. Tony Coleman. <laughs> uh, no, he will, uh, he will be a blessing, although he probably will pull me out in the parking lot afterward for that and uh, don't want to stain the carpet, you know. But uh, Tony always does a, a great job. He puts a lot of study into it. So, well, Tony, the rest of the time is yours. Bring the God's word. You can't pay for that kind of introduction. <laughs> All right. Good evening. How are we doing? As luck would turn out, <clears throat> the minute I have to start speaking, my congestion kicks up. So if you could turn with me to the book of Ephesians. We're going to be in there tonight, and we will stop one other place before we go. But Ephesians is where we will spend the majority of our time. Yeah, it's going to be hard to chew that and talk. But I, yeah, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Because other than that, I'd be taking it by the handfuls. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter 1, verses 1 through 4 is what we'll look at. Dear God in heaven, we thank you, Lord, for this time once again. We thank you, Lord, that you have granted us the privilege to hear and understand your word. Father, we don't take that lightly, Lord, because you've given us a great responsibility we ask, Lord, that you would just continue to give us the grace and the peace and all that goes with being adopted sons of you, Lord. Father, we thank you for this evening, for all those who are here. We pray that they will hear what you would have them to hear. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. Amen. I often am asked or even ask myself, what am I doing here? What purpose do I have here? What good do I bring to the table? I ask other people that. I've had employees, you know, I've been an employee. What, what is, what's the point? Why am I here? Why are we here? What are we doing? More importantly, why has God reached down and allowed me to be saved? Because I don't, not every person I know is saved. In fact, I would be honest, the majority of the people that I know don't claim salvation. So every once in a while you start to figure, ah, what's going on with that? Also fueled, and I'll tell you this story, we were on a missions trip in Africa, in Nigeria. This was about 2006, 2008. Driving, six of us in the van, no, eight of us in the van. I fall asleep in the center. I wake up, and I'm spinning. <laughs> and dust and dirt is going through the windshield, 
and it turns pitch black. Of course, I thought I was in a bad dream. Sadly enough, the dust cleared, and we were in an accident in Nigeria. So you could not have a more worse nightmare than being in an accident in a third world country on a remote highway. The van flipped over, tumbling, things like that. Long story short, I was the only one that walked out of there without an injury. Some guys were in the hospital for two, three days. Some were in stitches. One guy was in shock. It took a while to get him revived. One person, our pastor, who I believe who died maybe months later, believed that that accident triggered that death. But I came out unscathed. And it took me a while. And I can't even say I'm totally sure that I've reconciled with that. So, so what, what for? What is our purpose? What, why? Why me? Why us? Why you? So Paul attempts to talk about this in Ephesians, the beginning of Ephesians. In fact, the whole book of Ephesians talks about what it really is to be a Christian, what it is to be a child of God. Verses 1 through 4 says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to the saints that are at Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace be to you and peace from our God, our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be God and Father of our, of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. According to, according has he have chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. I want to look at what Paul says in, this, in these first four verses that set the tone for Ephesians as well as set the tone for our understanding of who we are in Christ. In these first four verses, we get the introduction, if you will, as Paul writes to the people of Ephesus. Now, he has a specific audience here that must be mentioned first. He says, to the saints in Ephesus and the faithful. I mention that because we, we, I want you to understand that the Bible is a book, the New Testament, book of letters, Old Testament, book of the stories, all the actions of God to a certain people, to the people of Israel. The Bible, if you will, is a book written for the saints. It is not a book of philosophy. It is not a book of nice sayings. It is not a book uh, designed to balance out the philosophical libraries of deep thinkers. It is a book written to the saints, to the faithful. That's important. That's important because this is the manual, if you will, that tells us what our life should look like, what our life should be like. See, I, I, I often look at folks who do Bible studies and go to Bible studies, and they read a book or they study a book that was written some, to somebody about the Bible or about a certain aspect of the Bible. But they never get into the Bible. You see, rarely do we want to dive in 
to Romans or Ephesians. But we will dive into the book of how do I learn how to forgive? Or what is grace? Or what will make me a better Christian? Or how do I be financially sound through the Christian way? But the Bible, as Paul says, I'm writing this letter to the saints, to the believers. So it's a message by a believer for believers. That's important as we go through this to understand who Paul's audience actually is. So he says to the saints of Ephesus and to those who are faithful in Christ Jesus, encompassing that, if you will, that area, that circle being at that time. But we can expand that, of course, to us because obviously we don't live in Ephesus, but we are the faithful. We are the faithful in Christ Jesus, right? Because that's the indication of our salvation. One of the markers is our faithfulness in Christ. It's our faithfulness. You see, many of us call us Christians. Many, it is, it is, it is um, if you say, vogue in this society to call yourself a Christian, to be identified as a Christian, you go to Catholic church. I grew up in Catholic school. I must be a Christian. I'm a Christian because I believe in God. This is our society that we have identified Christianity in such simple terms. But the reality is, it's those of us who are faithful believing that Christ died for our sins and are faithful in that action. So those who are faithful in Christ Jesus. So this, this is who this letter is to. And then Paul opens up with this major bombshell term, grace. Grace. The first thing that Paul says to these Christians in Ephesus is that grace has been bestowed unto you. He has given us grace. That is, that, that favor that we have, that we haven't earned. Something that is given to us just because. Something that God bestowed on us just because he loved us. That, that thing that we couldn't earn on our own. And Paul opens up with that beautiful thing. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father. Grace and peace that he's saying to you have give, been given grace, peace from God as a saint because you're faithful. Now, this is where he starts, and he spends the rest of the book developing that thought. And we'll spend more time developing that thought tonight. But it's the grace that we have that's been bestowed on us, the peace that we have because of that grace, that is the basis of why we can believe. Because you know Verse, chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, for by grace we are saved. So we know that because it's written here, so it's that grace that's been given to us that says this is why you can believe. This is what has been given to you. This is what has 
you did not earn it. You did not merit this. You cannot work for it. You have it. I want you to remember that. You have it. It has been given to you. It cannot be added to or taken from. You don't have less grace yesterday than you did today, and you will not have more grace tomorrow than you do today. You have the grace of God, period, that has been given to you. So this is to the saints. Now, what did Paul, now what is Paul saying? For the saints. Grace be to you, peace from God, Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, from God our Father, from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. So let's look at this. So he's given us grace. He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. Now, it's important in heavenly places because we, 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 we often in, in our lives call ourselves blessed because we have certain things. I'm blessed because I have a house. I'm blessed because I have a car. I'm blessed because my family's intact. But Paul makes a clear distinction here when he says, who have been blessed, blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. So what does a spiritual blessing look like? What, what is that? Well, let's say spiritual blessing that we have is that we have knowledge of who God is. That's a blessing, that you can know God. That is a blessing that we can know God. Why is that a blessing? Because many people can't know God or don't know God. Because if we think about it again, that it was God who gave us the grace, then it's because of his grace we were blessed that we were able to know him. See, I think what we, we, we take for granted is because we've grown up in Christendom sometime is that we, we've come to a position in ourselves that, well, the more I study the Bible, this is how I know God. We've come to, to the idea that we can reach to God and know him better. But the truth is, God has reached down to us. Was it not God who called Abram Call Adam in the garden, who said, Adam, where are you? Was it not Jesus that went and reached out to the 12 disciples? You see, they didn't go looking for him. He went and found them. See, it's that grace that God gives us, which is a spiritual blessing that we have the ability to know God. The second spiritual blessing we have is the presence and the dwelling of his Holy Spirit in our lives. That is a spiritual blessing. Because guess what? These folks, up until this point, did not have that privilege until Pentecost. So all those Old Testament saints did not have the privilege advantage, or even blessing of the Holy Spirit in dwelling with them on a permanent basis. Yes, there's a thing called special anointing 
but it's for, for it to do a specific task. But we have the spiritual blessing of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's a blessing. But there's more. See, we have a relationship with God. We have a relationship with God. You know what? You know how I know that you know we have a relationship with God? Because you hear a prayer meeting praying. You hear praying to God. So you must think you have some relationship to dare talk to him and ask him for things. That's a blessing. We have a relationship with God. A spiritual blessing that we have a relationship with God. And to sum it all up, the greatest, which I think is really cool, we have redemption. We have salvation. That is a spiritual blessing that we have from God. Redemption and salvation. So think of these things that we have from God. They bestowed on us the knowledge of him, his Holy Spirit, relationship with him, and redemption. But why? Why do I have all this? Why me, Lord? Why you? Especially that guy over there. Why? How does that work? Can I get more? Can I do it better? The answer is in the next verse. According as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without blame in love. That we should be holy before him without blame in love. This was given to us for a single-minded purpose that is to be holy, to live a holy lifestyle. So what does that mean, to be holy? Because that is a Christian word, if you will. It's a medieval word, if you will, to be holy. Well, it means to be sanctified. It means to be set apart. It means to be different in vernacular terms. But set apart for a special consecrated purpose. See, some of us are set apart because we're just, you know, not that good looking. Or we're set apart because we are not that smart. Or we're set apart because we live at a certain zip code. Or at a certain economic status. No, it's not that kind of set apart. It is set apart to do a job because you are now consecrated. Let me give you an example of what this set apart means. When the Hebrews left Egypt, he set them apart from the rest of the world. He said, you guys are my chosen people. We call them the Israelites. When they left Egypt, he set them apart. But then he took a group within that group and further set them apart called the Levites. They were further set apart to do the work of the temple, to do the priest work. Only people allowed to go into the temple. And then within that group, there was an even smaller group that was set apart that could actually go into the Holy of Holies. Set apart, sanctified to do a purpose. So we are those same saints. We are all those same saints. Now, here's the tricky word. 
Cornelius chosen us in him before the foundations of the world. This word gets sticky here, Colin. <laughs> that term before the foundations of the world, where you have theologians for, for theologians for hundreds and hundreds of hundreds of years trying to figure out this thing called election. And we're not going to do it tonight. <laughs> you know, we're not going to even face it tonight. What we do know, what I can say with all confidence, that before God was making order out of chaos, as chaos, this is before God allowed um, Satan to have Rome in power on this earth, he had already had a plan for redemption of his people. That plan was already in place. See, it wasn't in place about making a new heaven, was making it, um, wasn't in place designed for the eternal garden of Eden. It was in place designed for the new heaven, new earth that was going to be instituted on the second coming of Christ. So he had that plan in mind. So it wasn't about, okay, you're going to get saved, but you're not going to get saved. You're going to get saved. You're not going to get saved. It's never about that. It is about that those of us who God reaches to and we accept are predestined to become holy. See, if you have left your salvation at the point of your salvation, then you've missed it. You've missed it. See, because you're not predestined to be saved, you're predestined to become holy. So all of that work, all of that, these efforts that we are making, it is about us being holy. So I can't talk about when I got saved. I actually can't even give you a date, to be quite honest. I could give you the year, because it was a progressive thing. But what I can talk about is, what's the last thing that I repented of? What I can't talk about is, who am I praying for? What I can't talk about is, where and what am I studying the word of God? What I can't talk about is, how am I helping people? How am I easing people's lives? How am I demonstrating the love of Christ to other people's lives? See, because that's the idea of the holiness that should be presented in our lives. This is what people are looking for. You want to witness to people? Be consistent in your holiness. Because I'll tell you, from experience, from application, from putting it through other people, people don't care what you say until they know how much you care. Until you know how serious you are. How many of you will jump off a bridge without at least seeing somebody else do it? How many of you want to be the first person? You see, you need to see that. Wait, I need to see this thing working. I need to see, do you believe it enough to do it? What you're asking me to do. So, we have been given these gifts. We have been set aside. We have been declared righteous. We have been given grace. We've been given peace. We've given power. 
not for us to bask in the idea that God has chosen us, but for us to be holy, to do the work of God. You see, what we have to do, beloved, is not live our lives seeking these things, grace, redemption, but live our lives knowing that we already have it. See, that's the trick right there. That's the trick right there. To live our lives knowing that we are redeemed, knowing that we have grace, knowing that we are called out. Got a whole nother page. <laughs> so, to be saints, and this is where we'll close it out. We are citizens of heaven. Think about that. Where is your citizenship? We are citizens of heaven. You see, we're citizens of heaven, but we act like we belong here on earth. And I'll tell you what, because we get caught up in those things that make us look like earthly beings. What are those things? Oh, the pettiness, the pride, the ego. The anger, the frustration, the inability to get along with one another. Let me ask you something. If heaven was like Christianity here on earth, would you want to go? Do you want, is that what you think heaven should look like? See, we're the citizens of heaven that demonstrate and should be demonstrating what heaven should look like from our social thing. See, we are a called out group. We're a special group. We're special people. We're chosen by God. And we have a responsibility because we were picked on that team to play the sport to win. You're on that team to win. So we have a responsibility. We have a privilege. So Paul writes a letter for the saints, to the saints, to be saints. And he expounds on this in the next six chapters on what this is about. But we as citizens of heaven have already been given the gifts, the talents that we need to do the job, to be holy. So our gifts and talents that God has given us are not designed for us to succeed, they're for designed for us to bring us together, to strengthen the body, so that the whole body grows together. Most of us have a car. One part of that car breaks down, the car doesn't go. Whether you need new tires, whether you need a transmission, whether you need an oil change, all those parts are put together to make the car go. So those who teach, those who preach, those who serve, those who help, those who comfort, all of those are put together to make the body grow. And it's in our holiness that we function in that separateness that the world sees. I think God might be trying to reach me. Or even in the simpler terms, there must be a God. Look at how that guy acts. 
Look at the change in his life. Look at the support that she has. So, we are chosen to be holy and blameless before him. He created and chose us to be holy. What we were predestined to do. And let me just say this, and I'll walk away. Let's go to 1 John 3, 1 to 3. First John chapter 3. <clears throat> ah, record that wrong. Wait, wait. The point is this. Moral purity is the indication of your devotion and interest in the return of Christ. So the verse I was looking for, John, was that be as I am, Christ-like. Moral purity. That is, you setting yourself apart to be holy, living a holy life, is the indication that you are serious about being found righteous when Christ comes back. See, again, if we're resting on the fact that the date that we said I got saved on June 28th, 1980, and that's all you have to show for, then I need you to consider. Because those that are saved are perfecting to holiness. Those that understand God and love God are perfecting to holiness. to Christ-likeness. And it is that moral purity that is how we keep continuing to wash away all that stuff is the indication that we are preparing for Christ to come back. Because you don't want to be caught with no oil for your lamps. You don't want to be caught in a bad position. So, live the life with the strength that you've been given. You have been given grace. You have been given redemption. You have the power of relationship with Christ. You are identified as sons of Christ. You're not working towards that. You're working with that. So live the life that God has called you to live. <clears throat> Father in heaven, we thank you again for this time. We pray, Lord, that we have heard what you wanted us to hear. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. Thank you, Brother Tony. And don't lose track of, or don't lose, don't forget, there we go, what he uh, just said there at the end. I know far too many Christians who live their whole lives worrying about, am I living up to what God wants? Am I, am I a Proverbs 31 woman? Am I meeting the Sermon on the Mount? Am I meek enough? Am I the... The point is not to be prescriptive it is to be descriptive it is saying this is true of you not try to reach up to this standard god has already declared you to be as righteous as you will ever be in his sons through his son through that sacrifice 
Do we always live up to that? No. But that is the beauty of the Christian life, is it is pulling that, that future reality of who we are seated in heavenly places. Because right now you're not you saying, I'm not seated in a heavenly place, I'm seated in a pew. Yes, you are. You're pulling that future reality into the present by how you live. Thank you, Brother Tony. Take that. You can use that in everything this week. So God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful week, and we will see you on Sunday. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.